Hey guys, welcome to our first question and answer episode. I am so excited for these episodes because I have already really enjoyed getting your questions in my messages on Instagram and then on email and I can't wait to answer them for you. So make sure you guys keep sending in those questions. Um, you can just send them into my DMs on Instagram. It's the mommy status or you can send them in to our email, which is mommystatuspod at gmail.com, and I will either respond to you right away, or I will let you know I will answer your question on the podcast. Um, so send them in at any time, and I will get them answered for you. So I'm so excited. Let's get in to your questions. When your status changes to mommy, it can be scary, messy, and tiring. And for me, that was no exception. This is Hashtag Mommy Status with Taryn Rochelle, a podcast by a mom for moms, sharing everything from sleep schedules to leaking boobs. Now pour yourself a glass of wine because you deserve it. And welcome to Hashtag Mommy Status. You ask, we have answers. The first question I'm going to answer, I got a few times, so I want to do it as the first one, is how do you juggle everything with your work and with your family life? So this is um, definitely something I am still working on, still struggle with. I am no expert or anything on it at all. Um, I have a lot on my plate when it comes to my work. I have my boutique and my blog and then now this podcast and then I also have two kids and I'm married. So um, first, my kids and my marriage are my number one priority and I will get behind on work and projects before I will get behind on, you know, spending time with them or doing something for Brooklyn School. Um, That is my main focus and I, you know, chose to build these careers for myself so that I could spend more time with my family, not so that I could take time away from them. Um, so I definitely make them my focus and then fit these other projects in when I can find the time to. Um, but the biggest way that helps me juggle what I have going on is I try and map out my week. Um, sometimes I try and map out our month as much as I can, but projects come up for work. Um, but I am usually able to map out like our family, anything going on, like, you know, field trips to Brooklyn school or stuff that we get in advance. I try and put down on a calendar. I still use a planner, so I will put projects I have for work on there. I will, you know, sit down on Sunday and get stuff written out and try and figure out what I can get done. I also try to look at my week and make sure I'm not overbooking myself to where I am too stressed out because that will impact my family. And if I'm too stressed out, mom's not happy, then the family's not happy and that's no good. So I try and map out my week as much as I can. That way I'm not over overbooking anything. Um, and then I can also see, you know, oh, I don't have a lot going on this week. Like I can probably get a couple, you know, more blog posts on this week and then maybe not do any the week before or something like that. So that helps me a lot is to plan things out. 
Um, but it is a struggle, you know, there are times where I am planning on getting something done for work and then one of the kids is sick or, you know, we have an appointment we have to go to or a field trip for school and that's okay. You know, I just have to be okay that there will be changes and I am not, you know, going to be able to get everything done all the time and that is totally fine. I like first and foremost, I want my family to be happy and get as much mommy time as that as they can and that I am taking time for my marriage as well before I am trying to do, you know, too many things for work. Um, I do a lot of stuff when the kids are sleeping. So when they are taking, Brooklyn doesn't take naps anymore, but when Caden's napping, I will try and get, you know, as much work done as I can. And I kind of use any moments where he also likes to sit like in his little swing um, and like play with his toys. And so I will do that and then I will get some work done then. I just kind of take any moments where I don't have, you know, both the kids or the kids, you know, needing stuff from me. I take that opportunity to get some work done. So I think it's just having like the discipline to instead of just like sitting down and as much as I want to take a nap or just relax. Sometimes I do have to take that time to work. Um, but I do make sure to take some me time just to relax, like take a bath or something too. So I'm not just like, go, go, go 24 seven. Like I'm either doing something with the kids or working. Like I can't do that. Like I will go crazy. Um, so I definitely take that me time as well, but my biggest advice I can give is to just map out your week, uh, map out your month as much as you can. That way you can see what you have going on. You might be scheduling too much, which will stress you out and won't benefit you in the long run. Um, may seem like, oh yeah, I'm super busy. I have all this stuff to get done. Like, awesome. But then when you're doing it, it's going to be too much sometimes. Um, I also am super thankful because I have a very supportive husband that is like totally behind me on, you know, my business and my goals that I have for myself that he, you know, will take time to just be with the kids so I can get some work done. Um, I had like a photo shoot for my boutique and he was dealing with the kids like all day while I was gone and was totally okay with it. And I think that is like a big thing that helps is just having a supportive significant other that will help me get stuff done. Um, he also helps me a lot with things for my business. He does graphic design, so he helps me and does a lot of the graphics for my site. Um, so I think just having someone that supports you when you are juggling a lot of things is uh, very helpful. Even if you don't have a significant other, you know, lean on your friends, your family, um, whoever you can to help you, uh, when you are juggling a lot. Um, what are your fave family apps or baby apps that you use? Uh, family apps, we use one called Time Tree. It is a calendar app. So me and Taylor can input things in the, in the calendar, like if he's going to be working late or has a photo shoot for work and he's not going to be home. And that way I can plan things out if the kids have doctor's appointments. It's just like a real time app like a calendar so we can input things and then the person, you know, sees it right away. We have like a, a monthly calendar that we have at our house too 
you guys, I'm like all about calendars. I have them everywhere. Um, but we, with the phone one, you have your phone all the time. So he can be at work and then he's seeing that I called the doctor, made a doctor appointment for the kids and he can like plan out if he can go or not. Um, so I highly recommend doing some kind of app like this. It just makes our lives a lot easier. Um, and then I use like my planner, like just for work stuff. Um, but yeah, so we use that family app. I don't use a lot of baby apps. Um, I used one for my pregnancy. I think I used just like the bump app for my pregnancy, just seeing like what was going on each, um, each week and each month during pregnancy, but I don't use like a baby tracker, like milestone app or anything like that. Um, if anything, I just like, you know, talk to my doctor often if I need to. I try not to research too much stuff like on the internet for any like issues going on with the kids. Um, unless it's just like, like I was looking up a lot of stuff on like sleep, like trying to figure out what was going on with Brooklyn's sleep issues. Um, but any like symptoms and stuff I try not to look at online because it will just freak myself out because there's so many things like you put one symptom in and a bunch of issues come up. Um, I do love Facebook groups though. So I'm not a big app person, but I like Facebook groups. So I'm on one for breastfeeding. Um, it's called like breast, um, pumping and beyond. I think, um, I will put it on our Instagram in case I am wrong. Um, but I use that. It's so nice because it's just like all moms that are breastfeeding or pumping or, you know, however they're feeding their baby. And you can just ask questions and you can also search like topics that people have asked already and just kind of see like when we were going through Cadence, like reflux is issues. I started looking up GERD, which is what he has and like seeing all the other moms that have gone through it and what they did, what like medication their child was on. And it just helped me so much. Um, I was on one for when I was pregnant during my high-risk pregnancy. I was on one for cholestasis. And that also helped me seeing all the other moms that were going through exactly what I was going through. And it just made me feel so much better. I could ask questions on there before I asked my doctor to. Because there were some things where I'm like, ah, I don't really want to like bother my doctor on. I just kind of want to see like what things I could just do at home. Um, they are not doctors or professionals, so definitely still talk to your doctor if you really need like medical advice, but it was just more for like helpful tips and just any like little questions that I had that I just want to get answered without having to go to my doctor. Um, so I love those. Um, and then if you haven't already look into the peanut app, it's pretty much like online dating for moms like to find other mom friends and you just put in your like what city you live in you put in like interests that you have like if you're outdoorsy or like artsy and it'll match you with other moms in your area that it thinks that you would like get along with and I haven't personally met up with anyone on there I've like matched with a lot of moms and like I've talked to a lot of people on there and like still do but we just haven't been able to meet up for like play dates or anything yet but I know moms that have and I highly suggest it especially if like you are in 
an area and you don't know a lot of mom friends or, you know, none of your friends have had kids yet, I think it's just a great way to meet other moms. And um, I think it's just a really cool app. So definitely check that out. It is the Peanut app. So next question here. How do you deal with tantrums? Well, we are still dealing with them and probably will for a long time because once Brooklyn gets out of toddler time, Caden will be going into it. So um, I think the biggest thing I have learned with tantrums is, you know, just realizing every parent is going to go through tantrums with their toddler. Like I am not alone and Brooklyn is not the only kid out there that has tantrums. Like I think because I was the only friend of my friend group that had kids, like I didn't really have anyone around me that was like also going through it. So I was like, okay, like, like what is going on? Like this isn't normal, but it is like, it's going to happen. Every parent at some point is going to have a time where they're at the grocery store and their kids like crying because they can't have graham crackers. Like you're not the only one. Um, I think just like finally realizing that has like helped me a lot and also just realizing their kids and they don't know how to express their feelings yet. And sometimes that just comes out in a tantrum and I just kind of have to like sit back and maybe like evaluate like the situation and be like, okay, we're transitioning out of naps. She's napped her whole life and now she's not getting naps during the day. Yeah, she sleeps better at night, but she's also tired during the day sometimes and that can result in a tantrum or maybe she's hungry. Like I get hungry and I'm tired and then I'm hangry and no one wants to be around me at that time. And so how do I expect my four-year-old to not be the same way, you know? If she can't really express to me her feelings sometimes, it's going to come out in a tantrum. And us as adults, sometimes we have little tantrums too. Like I have times where like I just kind of lose it a little bit, especially when I was pregnant. Like I was crazy. And you know, that was fine. It happens. Like us women, like we have hormones, like we are crazy. It's our time of month. We can be crazy sometimes. Like it happens. And toddlers are the same way. They just have moments where they just are expressing how they feel and that's okay. You know, it's just about how you kind of handle the situation and it can be hard to deal with it. We have many times where we are like, you know, what is going on? Like, why is she screaming so much? Like, what is happening? Like, she has eight like we you know went outside and played at the park like we've done everything like why is this still going on and sometimes it just happens and I have to ask her you know like hey like what's going on like are you just tired and like try and get her to express how she's feeling and sometimes she does express it and sometimes she doesn't and I just kind of have to like let it ride out a little bit one thing that we learned at her school is called um, like resetting their body and they would like anytime they're going through any kind of like tantrum or you know arguing with another child in the class 
they would ask them to, you know, go sit down and like reset their bodies and just have time to just cool off and calm down. And a lot of times, once they took those couple minutes to do that, they were okay and just like moved on. And it's helped us at home a lot too. Like there like will be times where I'll be like, hey, like, do you want to reset your body? And she'll be like, yeah. And she'll just go sit down and calm down for a little bit. Um, we did try timeouts. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are probably listening that don't believe in timeouts. Like, please don't send me messages like mom shaming me for doing timeouts. Every parent's different. If you do timeouts, that's totally okay. That is your choice. Um, we tried them. Didn't really work for us. The biggest thing that we learned from timeouts, if you choose to do them, don't do them in their room. Um, this causes us to have a lot of issues with bedtime because we were making her associate a place that we were trying to get her to go to at bedtime as a negative place. So we'd be like, okay, time to go to bed. And she had been in timeout in that room earlier that day. So why would she want to go in that room again at night? She just spent time in there as a negative thing. And now we're trying to make it a positive thing of going to bed. So that needs to be like their safe space of bedtime. And that's all it is for. Um, we also don't use it as playtime either. Not everyone has a room in their house that can be a playroom, but I've read like a lot of things of like having like some kind of space in the house, even if it's just like in the living room or somewhere that's not their bedroom so that they don't like associate that room as anything other than time to sleep. Um, so if you do do timeouts, um, I just don't suggest doing them in bedrooms cause that really affected us and with getting her to do bedtime well. Um, so that's kind of my thing on tantrums. Um, again, still going through them. So I'm sure I'll have a lot more to talk about with that, like moving on and going forward. Um, have you noticed a difference in both of your babies, different temperaments or anything like that? Um, a little bit, not a crazy amount. I mean, Caden's only six months old, so he doesn't have like his full, you know, personality or anything yet. Um, but I definitely think that he is a little bit calmer of a baby and I can pretty much tell if he's, you know, tired or hungry. And other than that, he doesn't cry a whole lot. Um, and so I think that's maybe just a little bit different Brooklyn kind of was a little more fussy when she was a baby, but it was also just a different circumstance for me. So I was a single parent with Brooklyn up until a year. And I, so that whole newborn phase was a lot harder for me than I think the newborn phase is now with Caden. Like I was living at home for the first few months when I had Brooklyn, but I didn't have constant, you know, 20, not 24 seven, I mean, Taylor works, but like when he's home, he's with me and the kids like the whole time where I lived like with my mom and it was just different, you know, she wasn't helping me all the time. And so I think that that kind of changes it a little bit because I do have Taylor this, you know, time with having Caden and, but I do think he is a little bit calmer of a baby um, but we will see once he gets to the toddler phase, how much different they are. 
Um, but again, don't really see too big of a difference yet. Um, but we will see once he kind of gets his little personality. Um, are you guys planning on having more children? We are done with pregnancies. Um, I was a very high risk pregnancy with Caden. Um, I had cholestasis, which I will get into a lot more on his episode about his birth story, but I was very high risk because cholestasis can cause stillbirth, which is super scary. Um, we pretty much went through our whole pregnancy thinking, you know, at any point he, you know, could be a stillborn baby. And that's like one of the scariest things to be thinking about. And we just don't really think we can go through that again. It was really hard. We almost had him at 33 weeks. We went into preterm labor and they were able to stop it, thankfully. And then we had him at 36 weeks. Um, but we just don't want to go through it again. And we've always talked about maybe adopting at some point. So we're not closing the door on that, but we are fully closing the door on pregnancies. So we will not be having any more children that way, but you know, something could happen and we could end up adopting or, you know, fostering or something. So that is kind of our plan for more children. Um, so, but not anytime soon. We are okay with our little babies for right now. (laughs) Um, already talked about this a little bit, but why were you a high risk pregnancy? Um, so cholestasis, it's a liver disorder. And, um, I had it with Brooklyn at the very end of my pregnancy. I was induced with her, um, at 36 weeks as well, but I didn't find out I was I had that condition until the day before I was induced. Um, so with Caden, we found out, I think at like 10 weeks into our pregnancy that I had this condition again. Once you have it, I think it's like a 60% chance you'll get it in your, like any other pregnancies you have afterwards. So I was already like on alert and kind of had a feeling I would get it again. Um, but I still, it was still like a chance, so I didn't fully know, but I, um, yeah, it was not fun at all. And if you are pregnant right now and you have excessive itching, that is the number one symptom of cholestasis. Um, and I'm not talking about just like normal stretch marks, like itching, like you can get on your belly it's not that. It is like all over your body. Um, and you just like, you just feel like you need to itch everywhere 24 seven. It's like unbearable. Um, so if you have that and you're pregnant, please talk to your doctor because cholestasis is not something you want to mess around with because it can cause stillbirth and is very scary. Um, so yes, that is why I was a high risk pregnancy. Um, and how have you changed since being a mom? I have changed, um, for the better a hundred percent. Um, I, I was, you know, 21 when I found out I was pregnant and I was just going out all the time and was not making making the best decisions and 
was, you know, kind of a selfish person. Like I didn't really have any big responsibilities or anything. Um, I lived at home at the time, which is, you know, fine, but I just wasn't really growing up like I needed to. And I had Brooklyn and I was, you know, then not just living for myself. Like I now have a child that is relying on me, looking up to me, and I need to be a better role model for And so I completely just changed for the better. Like she changed my life and I am so thankful that I had her when I did. Um, It just, you know, made me into the best version of myself. Um, I put this quote on my um, Instagram the other day, but it's like, I didn't lose myself in motherhood. Like I found myself and I just totally live by that quote. I think it's so true. And when you have children, you do change and you should change into the best version of yourself and you should change for the better. And it's a big change in your life. And it is, you know, can be a lot. It's stressful. It is hard. It is not easy but it's the best thing that's ever happened to me and I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't give anything like to be anything but Brooklyn and Caden's mom. So I, I just love it. I'm so happy. Um, this is kind of, you know, with change in motherhood, this next question, um, I've noticed some friendships seem to have faded away since I've been pregnant Has this happened to you when you were pregnant or since you have kids and how did you handle it? Um, Yes, I have had a lot of friendships that have come and gone since I have been pregnant Um, and that's okay. It is hard to go through, um, but I do think it happens. You have friendships that you have in different points in your life where you could have like friends that you knew in high school that you're not friends with anymore. You could have like friends in college you're not friends with anymore. It happens. Not everyone that you are friends with at this time are going to be in your life the rest of your life. You hope that a good majority of them and maybe all of your friends in high school you are still in contact with. That's awesome. Um, it doesn't happen for everyone though. And I have had friendships that I've had to end just because they weren't good, you know, role models for my children or they were just not good influences on my life. And I just kind of had to make that decision to not have those people in my life anymore. And that can be hard and that can be a hard decision. And sometimes it's not your decision. Sometimes people leave your life that you wanted to stay in your life and they don't. And it hurts. It's hard but everything happens for a reason and you meet people and people leave your life for a reason. Um, so I think that that is, you know, totally normal. And yes, I've gone through it. When I had Brooklyn, I made this rule for myself where I, any women that were in my life that were my friends or anything, I wanted only in my life if they were going to be good role models for Brooklyn of women that she should look up to like when I get older like 
I want to be like this person or these people, you know, are doing X, Y, and Z and that's amazing and that's the kind of people that I want to be when I grow up. And the guys that are in my life, I want to be role models for how a man should treat a woman and then who I married, I wanted to be a role model of how a husband should treat his wife and should treat his children. And if anyone that was in my life at the time did not fall under that rule, I just didn't have it in my life anymore. And I did have to end some friendships. Some friendships were just superficial and were people that I was just like going out with and partying with and weren't good role models for my children. And yeah, we had fun when we hung out, but you know, we didn't hang out other than going out and stuff. And you may have friends that you just went out with and partied with before you had kids or, you know, just did things that you may not do when you have a family. And once you do have kids, they might not want to hang out or understand like why you can't do certain things. Um, when me and Taylor started dating, I think this was like a hard thing that he went through is that he, you know, now has a family and he went from being a single guy to now pretty much having like an instant family and not being able to go out and do things all the time. And I think that is a really big adjustment for someone to go through that, you know, is dating someone that has a kid and it is a really big adjustment and not everyone is, you know, ready for that in their life. And some people can't, you know, date someone that has a child because of that. They may not be ready to, you know, not be able to go out to happy hour all the time or not be able to go out all the time or go on trips whenever they want to, you know, like once you have children, everything changes and it changes for the better or it should, but things change in your life and it can be a drastic change and it can be really hard for people. Um, and so when you like Taylor are dating someone that has a kid, it can just be a really big adjustment and not everyone is ready for that. I think just for him to have to go from being, you know, single and go to go to just like happy hour after work or go hang out with his friends whenever he wanted to, to now having a girlfriend that has a kid and then we were engaged, you know, like it was just a completely different circumstance than what he was used to before and I think that's a like big part of when you start dating someone that has a child or when you um like decide to have children is a big big thing to think about is how different your you know life is going to be and how you aren't going to be able to do certain things and sometimes that huge change can really affect if you are, I would say maybe like ready to have kids or not, you know, like if you're not ready for that big of a change, it just might not be, you know, the time to, or it might not be for you to date someone that has children because, you know, I couldn't change that about myself. I couldn't change that. I couldn't go and do these things. I couldn't change that. I didn't have Brooklyn, nor would I want to. And so I couldn't be with someone that wasn't okay with that. 
and thankfully obviously Taylor was and he was more than happy to you know stay home and not go out all the time and you know take that time to have family time and go to the zoo instead of like going out with his buddies you know and so I think friendships do change and that is okay it happens and not everyone is going to be your friend for life and I don't regret any friendships that I had that I don't have anymore I have amazing memories with those people and it's you know it just wasn't in the cards for us to still be friends now um but yeah I have gone through this it was hard and um, I'm sorry if you are going through this but it will get easier and you will have the friendships that are meant to be in your life when you have children and will be great role models for your kids and will be people that they can look up to. Okay, so date nights. Are you able to schedule date nights and how do you do that with having kids? Um, So we are really bad at this and it's something that we are trying to put like a bigger focus on and realize how important it is to have date nights especially when you have kids um taking time for your marriage is like so important and needs to be a priority in your life and um we just aren't the best at it we have a really bad habit of being like oh yeah we're gonna do a date night this month and then something will come up with the kids or you know we kind of will make excuses Um, and I think we need to really stick with having a date night, like at least once a month and just take time for our marriage and to spend with each other and talk about things other than the kids. And I think it's just so important. Um, so I am not good at doing this. So I know we need to get better at it and I, highly encourage it. Um, I will be right there with you trying to get better at it too, just to make your marriage or your relationship a priority once you have children. Um, it's just so important. Um, it's really hard for me and Taylor because we haven't had a relationship ever without kids because I've, you know, always had Brooklyn since we've been together. So we've never gone through that period of, just, you know, going on dates whenever we wanted to and just really spending time, just the two of us. It's always been the three of us. Um, we have had time and date nights and, you know, our honeymoon and, you know, stuff with just each other. Um, but we've never had a consistent like amount of time just spending just the two of us. So I think that's like where it's a little different in our relationship because of that, um, and not ever dating before having kids. So I I think that's like, um, even bigger reason to make sure we do have date nights so that we have something to look forward to and have that day once a month that we spend with each other and spend on our relationship. I think it's super important. Um, we are doing these like marriage, like books or like these little workbooks. We did them when we were actually engaged. Um, not these exact ones, but we did ones through our church and we 
had like these workbooks we would go through and it would just talk about like all different things like communication and all this stuff and it just like really helped us get our thoughts out and express you know things that may be frustrating for us like with each other and we have completely different like styles of communication and then like we have completely different um love languages that it kind of makes it hard for us to understand where each other's coming from and going through these workbooks is just always super helpful for us because we can get our feelings out to each other and there'll be times where you know we'll say some say something that we've written down and one of us will be like wow like I did not know that's how like how you felt about that like I didn't mean that that way you know and it kind of gets you to like let out certain things that you may have built up like built up frustration that you don't even know that you have and so that's kind of something we do like not in the place of date nights like we definitely need to get better at doing those um but doing something like that where we can you know get those any frustrations out or communicate better um is super helpful so I like highly suggest doing something like that if you are having issues with communicating or even if you're not like no marriage is perfect and every marriage can be better it's never going to be at a hundred percent like you can always get better and so I think that doing something like that is super important and super helpful and the next question is how do you and Taylor split up parenting responsibilities and house duties um we you know are still learning and going through this but I think we've you know gotten into a good rhythm with it there are some things that you know are still becoming trial and error and days where we get frustrated if like you know one of us feels like the other one is like not doing as much as the other it happens you know especially when you have a newborn like you're sleep deprived so everything kind of makes you a little bit more upset than it normally would and um I think we've just really gotten into our rhythm with it we try and split up as much as we can with the kids I you know I'm a stay-at-home mom so I'm with the kids more than he is and that is what I chose to do and this is how we've you know chose to have our life be right now and I love it like I love being at home with them and but sometimes like I just need a break and one thing that I you know highly recommend is when if you're a stay-at-home mom and you have a significant other that's working like when they get home like take some time for yourself whether it's like going and taking a bath or something or going for a walk like take some me time and I think that is so important I will have an episode all about me time and about how I do it and like my postpartum recovery with you know going into a little bit of depression after I have Caden after I had Caden and I you know think this me time is so important and so that's kind of part of splitting up the duties is when he gets home I take a little bit of a break before we start you know like dinner routine and bedtime routine and all of that just so you know mom needs to recharge a little bit and I just need a little bit of a break just so I can get a little bit back to myself and not be as cranky as I probably would be if I didn't have this little bit of a time. Um, 
I am also pumping um, more than I breastfeed. I probably pump 90% of the time, I would say. Um, and that's just what we have chosen to do. And so that's another thing with splitting up the duties is since I pump, Taylor is also able to help feed Caden instead of just breastfeeding where I would be, you know, the only one feeding him. So that helps a lot, especially with bedtime routines. Um, we, the way we split up bedtime, Brooklyn still has a hard time like going down to bed and waking up in the middle of the night. So I deal more with Brooklyn and then Taylor deals more with Caden we kind of have learned that like I am a lot better at getting Brooklyn to sleep at night and Taylor's a lot better at getting Caden to sleep. Um, so I, you know, will do the whole bedtime routine with her, like, you know, bath and getting her teeth brushed and getting her to bed and Taylor will feed Caden and get him to sleep. And that's just what works for us. Um, same thing, like in the middle of the night, if Brooklyn wakes up, I will get her back to bed. Um, she gets like these little like night terrors a little bit where she kind of wakes up and she's not really awake. And sometimes she, when she's in that like state of mind, she just wants me and I can like calm her down and get her back to bed pretty quickly. Um, where Taylor can sometimes have like a little bit harder of a time and vice versa with Caden. Um, one thing, because I do pump, I don't do nighttime pumping, which I'm sure a lot of people out there will think I'm crazy because I could probably have a bigger supply waking up in the middle of the night and pumping, but I need some sleep. And if I can sleep at night and not have to wake up and pump, like that's what I'm going to do. And so since I don't do that, like I have like milk that is like stored up in my boobs. And when Caden wakes up and I'm holding him and he, even if he already ate, he is crazy. Like trying to eat, rooting on me, like is acting like he hasn't ate in like a year. (laughs) And we talked about this with the nurses when we delivered him. They were like, if there's any point where you've done everything and he will not sleep and he is just crying, stop holding him give him to dad and walk away and see if he calms down. And most of the time he will. And that has been so true. Like if I'm around and he can smell my milk, sometimes he is just so fussy and then I'll give him to Taylor and he's like so calm. And I'm like, what is happening? And I can't take it personally. It's just because I'm his milk machine and he knows where the milk is and he wants it. And so that kind of helps at nighttime because, you know, if Taylor gets up and can feed him or just rock him for a second, sometimes he'll just go in the room and give him his pacifier and he just falls right back asleep. Like I go in there and he is like awake, wants to eat, is crazy. And we both are not heavy sleepers. So if one of us gets up with one of the kids, the other one wakes up. So it's not like one of us is sleeping through the night perfectly while the other one's getting up or anything like that. Um, but we do kind of, you know, one of us deals with one kid and one of us deals with the other. If we just had one child, I don't really know what our routine would be. Um, when Brooklyn was sleeping okay and Caden was waking up a lot, like when he was like a newborn, what we did is I would get, um, 
Caden up or Taylor would get Caden up and change him and then I would feed him and get him back to bed. So that's how we split things up. I like highly suggest that. I think it helps a lot like mentally for you to both get up with the baby when the baby's waking up. Like if you just have one child because you kind of, you both feel like each other's doing the same amount of work. It is like so hard to like really like not resent the other person when they're sleeping next to you and you're awake dealing with the baby like it's like impossible to like not be like like I wish I was sleeping right now and so when we did that it just made us like both feel like we were both doing the same amount of work and just really helped like our like state of mind about it and we just really like that so I like really suggest like that routine is like someone gets up like especially if you're breastfeeding like have your significant other like get the baby changed and then hand the baby to you so then you can breastfeed and then put the baby back to sleep um that really helped with us um so I really suggest doing something like that um and so that's just kind of how we deal with duties any like like household chores we've kind of had our routine with that like since we've been together of like who does what nothing's really like changed since we've had children um with pumping though I you know I'm the only one that can breastfeed or pump you know that's just something that I'm the only one that can do and but when Taylor's home he always makes sure that my pump parts are washed so like when you or if you're pregnant right now and have never gone through breastfeeding or pumping you always have to wash your pump parts after you use them and um so I have like a little like it's like a sink tub thing that we put next to the sink um I have like a whole blog post on my blog it's hashtag life and beauty about like how I have this set up but it's like a little sink tub that we put next to the sink that's only for bottles and pump parts. There's like bacteria that can like live in your sink that can be really harmful to babies. And I like read some article about it and it like totally freaked me out. And so we keep everything separate for him. And so I always put like hot water and like I use dapple baby soap and I keep it in this little sink tub and then I put my pump parts in there or like dirty bottles and then if Taylor's home he like always make sure my pump parts are washed so that way they're just sitting there drying and when it's time for me to pump I'm not like my boobs are aching and I need to pump so bad and I'm like leaking everywhere and then now I have to like wash my pump parts like even though it just takes a couple minutes it's just so frustrating and like having them already washed like it's like a lifesaver like it's I get so happy when he's home and I see them washed um so he just always does that and has them ready for me I use these little like heat pads that I put on my breasts it helps like milk flow out better um again I will go over all of this on the breastfeeding like pumping episode um but he like will heat those up for me and then that way like even though he can't physically pump for me he is still like supporting me in this journey by helping me however he can and I don't think I could have gotten through these six months like without him because there have been so many times where I've just wanted to give up and he's never like pushed me like you want to go six months like you can do it like just go six months like 
he would be so supportive if I was like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, we're going to formula. He'd be like, okay, like, let's go get some, you know? Like, he would never, like, push me on breastfeeding or pumping. But he's been so supportive through the whole thing. And have just he's just really made me feel like I'm not alone, you know? Like, even though I'm the only one that has, like, milk in their boobs and can do this, like, he's there for me and helping. Um, So that's, like, a big part on how we, you know, share responsibilities and duties is, you know, helping me with making sure I'm not alone and that I'm supported in this. And it's not not just me going through it. Like we're going through having this baby together and having our kids together. Um, yeah. So that is that on how we share and split up duties. Okay, so I got this question a couple of times. Um, this is easily probably one of the hardest topics for me to talk about. Um, but I listened to your first episode of your podcast and I heard that Brooklyn was not Taylor's biological daughter. Does she know? If not, when do you plan on telling her or are you planning on telling her? Um, yes, if you listened to the first episode or if you haven't, Taylor is not Brooklyn's biological dad. She, um, or Taylor came into her life when she was a year old. Um, her biological dad is not in her life. Um, he hasn't been like throughout my whole pregnancy and her life. Um, I've always been a single parent with her up until I met Taylor, obviously. And, um, but she does not know and we haven't told her yet because we just don't think that she is at the right age to know or to really like understand what's going on if we told her you know she she's just not there yet she's only 4 years old um we are planning on telling her we want to meet with like a child like psychologist or something like someone who can kind of walk us through the best way to talk to her about this because I don't want to emotionally scar her or make her feel like she is like not loved or not wanted like I don't want that at all and that is like my biggest fear with it and so we want to wait until she's like at an appropriate age and once we talk to someone um but we are planning on talking to her about it um I just am we just aren't sure when um but thankfully Taylor's like whole family has always welcomed her in like with open arms and that is like my biggest like I am so thankful for that because I was so worried when I found out I was pregnant with her and when I knew I was going to be a single parent is I'm like I'm not only like not like keeping her away like you know, her dad chose not to be in her life, but she is not only not having a dad in her life, she's not having like grandparents and, you know, aunts and uncles and all these people that she is missing out on having them in her life. And I just always blamed myself for it. And I'm like, she doesn't get to have these people in her life. And she is missing out on that, you know, experience of having all these other people that love her and I was just always so scared that she wasn't going to get that. And, you know, God had a plan for us and Taylor was our plan and Taylor's family was our plan and they have loved her and just completely brought us into the family as if we've always been there and as if Brooklyn is their 
you know, biological daughter and granddaughter and niece, you know, they have just really been amazing and more than I could have ever asked for. And I am just so grateful to have them and to have Taylor. And it was just what was meant for us. So no, she does not know yet, um, but she will at some point in her life, obviously. But we just want to wait until it is the appropriate age and until she's at a point where she can, you know, fully understand and know that no matter what, Taylor is her dad and we love her and she is no different than Caden to Taylor. Like he doesn't love either of them any differently or any more than the other. So the last question I have is how has your breastfeeding journey been going and how long do you plan on breastfeeding for? So I'm going to be going into this a lot more on my breastfeeding episode. Um, but I probably 90% of the time pump. I talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, I personally don't really enjoy breastfeeding. Um, I would prefer to pump and bottle feed. I mainly do because like Caden's had stomach issues and like reflux issues like since birth and it's really helpful for me and my husband to be able to see like how much food he is getting because we kind of had to start controlling it and do like smaller more frequent meals and when you're breastfeeding you can't really tell how much milk they're getting and I would try and like breastfeed for a short amount of time and then like stop and then like go again but when I would do that like my boobs would keep leaking and it was just like a mess like and I always felt after I breastfed that I still needed to pump so I'm like I don't want to like breastfeed and then pump afterwards and like do this do that anyways where I know a lot of moms do that and like kudos to you like I just couldn't do it and I would just prefer to just pump um my husband also likes it because he's able to feed Caden so he's able to still have that like bonding time with him and it's not just like me feeding him and then it helps me like in the middle of the night like I'm not the only one that has to feed him like we both feed him by giving him bottles and so with pumping it just makes it easier for us um every family's different every mom's different if you choose to breastfeed pump give formula i am a huge believer in fed is best not breast is best i think whichever way feeds your baby is what you need to do i couldn't breastfeed with brooklyn i tried i couldn't and she's been was on formula her like whole time that she had it and she's perfectly healthy super smart and Caden's having breast milk through pumping and he's gonna be healthy and happy too so I think that whatever you choose to be your journey when it comes to breastfeeding is what's right for you and your family I um I just really dislike mom shamers and people that make you feel bad for not breastfeeding and you know even if you just choose to give formula because you want to like you don't want to breastfeed that's fine like whatever you want to do it's your baby whoever is shaming you for not breastfeeding 
isn't the one that's going to be taking care of your baby. So whatever you want to do, you know, fed is best. Um, but my goal with it was to go six months. I'm a couple weeks away. So like happy I've gotten to this point. Um, I don't have a freezer stash or anything. I had one at one point halfway, I would say through my journey of breastfeeding, my supply just like went away and I didn't know what happened. Like I was barely pumping any milk. Um, and so we like blew through our freezer stash because I'd pump and I'd pump out like one to two ounces or before I was getting like at least eight every time I pumped. And so that really like affected our freezer supply. So we have like a couple of frozen bags. Like I try and freeze at least like one bag a day now, just so we have something in the freezer. Um, but I, yeah, that was our goal six months. And then once I get to that point, I'll kind of reevaluate. He's going to be starting solids, um, at six months anyways, but that's just like their second food. Like they still need either breast milk or formula as like their main source of food. Um, but I'm just going to like reevaluate what I want to do and then kind of start to wean off of pumping when I decide to completely end. But I am so proud of myself for even getting to six months. I did not think it was possible, especially after my experience with Brooklyn. Um, but I'm just really proud of myself and super, super thankful to my husband for like encouraging me and always helping me however he can when it comes to pumping. Um, because it has been a lot harder emotionally than I thought it would be. And um, there've been days where I just wanted to give up and just go to formula and which would have been fine if I chose to do that, but I just decided to stick with it. Um, but that's kind of my journey with it. I'm going to be going in on an episode of my whole routine. I'm also going to do like a video of how I like freeze my milk and store my milk and stuff um, that I will put on my blog, uh, hashtag life and beauty. Um, but I will go in on an episode about breastfeeding and pumping, um, in a few weeks, um, to give any of you guys any helpful tips and how I kind of go through my pumping routine and what's worked for us the last six months. Um, but that is the end of our question and answers. I really hope you enjoyed this. I hope it answered your questions for you girls that sent in questions. If you didn't hear your question on this episode, I have kept them all. They will get answered on one of our episodes. Um, feel free to keep sending them in like all the time. Like you don't have to wait till I ask for questions. Just DM me, send them in. I'll either respond to you right away or I'll let you know I will be answering it on an episode. Um, so you can send them in on Instagram or you can email me mommystatuspod at gmail.com. Um, any questions, no question is stupid or anything. I will answer any question you have that's mom related, um, as best as I can. I'm not an expert, but I've had two babies and I can give you guys as much knowledge as I have. Um, so I'm so happy to help you guys and I'm so glad you are listening in. Make sure you like and subscribe. If you guys are listening on iTunes or on Spotify, make sure you follow me and make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is the mommy status 
and I will let you guys know when I have episodes coming up or when we're going to have guests on here. And I am just so glad you guys are listening in. So I hope you enjoyed our first question and answer episode on hashtag mommy status. <laughs> hope you enjoyed hashtag mommy status. <laughs>